Empower Radio presents the Dr. Julie Show, all things connected. Break through the illusion of separation, explore the infinite field of possibility, and make connections that inspire. Now, here's your host, Dr. Julie Crawl. Hello and welcome everyone. You're listening to the Dr. Julie Show, all things connected. Each week we gather right here to make connections that break through the illusion of separation. And I want to read you a few words from our guest, Andrew Harvey, as he describes his latest book, Turn Me to Gold, 108 Poems of Kabir. Andrew says, Kabir is far more than a poet. He is a universal initiatory field. As expansive as Rumi and as embodied, radical, and ferocious as Jesus. He is the voice of the evolutionary truth and its piercing love. And we never needed him more or been more ready to hear him. For five years, Andrew gave his whole mind, heart, and body to breathing and living Kabir's words and the essence of his voice. Andrew and I brought you part one of a conversation which we called Birthing the Divine Human. Now we're going to talk about Kabir and the transfiguration of our planet. I invite you to take a few deep breaths, bring your awareness into this moment, open your mind and heart and settle into your essential wholeness as I introduce our guest. After authoring more than 30 books, Andrew Harbour, Harbour, where did that come, Andrew? Sorry about that, Andrew Harvey, Rumi scholar. I, I did the scholar and the Harvey together. He's a Rumi scholar, mystic, and founder of Sacred Activism. He has just released what may be his consummate work, Turn Me to Gold, 108 Poems by Kabir. Born in India and deeply influenced by its mystic traditions, Andrew became enraptured not only with the exquisite spiritual illumination he discovered in Kabir, but the poet's grounding relevance. Relevance. I'm twisting all my words today. His grounding relevance in our troubled times. Andrew, help me out. Welcome back. How gorgeous to be back and how gorgeous to be in the presence of Kabir with you. Oh, thank you. It's always good to have you here, my friend. And I've been looking forward to the second part of our conversation because um, Birthing the Divine Human, our conversation was was just exquisite. And now we have this opportunity to, to muse into even a more expanded conversation of Kabir. But first, I'm going to ask you to do something a little different. I don't think I asked you this time. I want you to, to breathe into Kabir. And the presence of Kabir right here, right now. And I want you to answer our traditional first question through the essence of Kabir, of what does all things connected mean? Everything is emanated from a mysterious nothing. And this mysterious no-thing that is beyond all our concepts, that is the ultimate mystery, soaks everything and interconnects everything and manifests all the processes of everything and is everything. Mm. What this means is that we are in the field of the no-thing and that we are like 
the Buddha said, Indra's nets, diamonds that are the knots of an infinite web in whose multifacets, all the facets of all the other diamonds are always being reflected. This amazing vision of reality has now been confirmed by quantum physics. Because in quantum physics, we have the staggering interrelationship across time and space of particles being revealed. What happens to a particle in my room happens to a particle beyond Betelgeuse at the same time. A non-local, participatory, interconnected, dazzlingly paradoxical universe. That's reality. Mm. Breathing into that perfect, perfect introduction also to what comes through in this beautiful book. So um, I'm holding Turn Me to Gold, 108 Poems of Kabir. And like we mentioned in the first show, it it is stunning. It is sacred. It is holy. It is it is breathtaking. The the words, the imagery, the feel of the collection here. This whole manuscript is gorgeous. So, Andrew, in our first conversation, we introduced Kabir to our listeners, and we talked about Turn Me to Gold, and we. We mused into the divine embodiment and really talked about birthing the divine human. And we both see Kabir's message as a prescription for our world and the troubling times that are before us. So before we talk about how we can use Kabir and this book as a wake-up call for all of humanity, let's just recap. Who is Kabir? And a little bit about your incredible five-year journey with him, with his words, with his song. Kabir is India's greatest mystical poet. Just think what that sentence means. This is the greatest poet of the greatest and most expansive and ecstatic spiritual culture that has ever been on the planet. Kabir lived in the 15th century in the holy city of Benares, and he lived as an illiterate peasant Muslim weaver. He never looked for celebrity. He never wanted to be a guru. He woke up. He woke up to the superconsciousness that is the divine blessing bestowed on all of us, and he woke up to the process that this gift of superconsciousness, of divine awareness as original blessing, he woke up to the process that that makes possible, the process of being divinized through grace in mind, heart, soul, and in the depths of the cells of the body. And out of this completely astounding experience, he sang hundreds of ecstatically inspired songs which were taken down and became famous all over India, became famous for the Hindus, became famous for the Muslims, and were incorporated into the heart of the Sikh scriptures. So he had an influence that 
no one else has had in the holiest culture on the planet. I first met him when I was 25 in a temple in Benares when an old man ecstatically sang him and I was shaken to the core of myself and I asked, what are you singing? And he said, Kabir, of course. And I didn't know Kabir, although I'd heard of him. And then I plunged into a study of Kabir, a dive into the depths of his poetry, and it shook me absolutely. But I knew I wasn't ready to begin to begin to invite him into the depths of myself or to try and create a language in which he could speak again because I wasn't mature enough, I wasn't wild enough, I wasn't clear enough, I wasn't broken enough. In my 50s, I found myself again meeting him and realizing that in this meeting inside myself with this fierce sword and fountain of truth, this wild, holy, absolutely clear being who knew the truth of evolution, I knew that in this meeting I would be risking my identity because he is that thrilling and that terrible and that amazing. And so for five years I worked in silence, in secret, on this astonishing relationship that began to form between him and myself in the depths of my heart and soul. And out of that relationship I found the way to translate into a totally modern idiom 108 of his most important, most luminous, most radical, most ferocious, most brilliant, most amazing, most searing, most ecstatic poems, and to arrange them as a musical, mystical symphony that would be a symphony of birthing the divine human in everybody who read that symphony. So it would be Kabir not only telling us the crucial truths from the heart of illumination, but Kabir singing in a musical way us into the depths of the birth so that we ourselves can experience our divine consciousness and this great blessing of transfiguration that is coming to us through our evolutionary destiny. Mm. So this was my dream and plan and prayer, and I feel that through the grace of Kabir, the book has really realized this. Many, many people are now writing to me and saying, my God, it's not just that we're meeting this tremendous voice. The way that it's been arranged for us to meet Kabir is truly churning ourselves up and exposing ourselves to ourselves and making us naked before love and taking us into the gorgeous, fierce furnace of a real, authentic transfiguration process. Mm. And I agree. All those that are writing you, I agree. You know I do. And we talked about that transfiguration process last time. We talked about birthing the divine human. And we sense the next stage of this evolutionary process is really moving toward the transfiguration of this planet. Yes. We need a radical. But it's, it cannot happen, the transfiguration of the planet, except through our transfiguration. Yeah, let's it's, talk it's, about that. So what do we need? What, what, what do you want to share about what it means to really look more holistic at this as we're looking at this radical, universal, spiritual revolution that's happening on the planet that, go, that happens, that that births through us 
Well, I think let's take two poems that really go to the core of what is Kabir's message, and they will guide us into this mystery of transfiguration. Perfect. The first one is truly perfect. It's an astounding poem about absolute reality. He says, in the beginning, no here or there, no matter or spirit, only love existed. What was then is now. This whole universe is love's endless dance. Since he showed me this, my heart keeps blossoming in bliss. The first essential thing for us now in this chaotic dark night that we're living through is to pierce through all illusions of separation and allow ourselves as fully as possible to have the experience that Kabir is championing, the experience of the entire universe blossoming out of the no-thing that is love, the mystery that is love. And connecting with this takes us into a deep, steady bliss that witnesses love dancing in all of the opposites before us in matter and spirit, in light and dark, in chaos and order, in the dark night and in the great birth coming out of it. And then in the second poem, he gives the great key to how to participate in the transfiguration process. And it's a key that really aims a spear at the heart of the ego, because what Kabir and all the great mystics tell us is that in order to be plunged and immersed in a life-giving, life-transforming process, the process of evolutionary life itself, we have to die, to die to the false self, to die to the self that is endlessly narcissistic, that craves drama, that is constantly spinning in the dirty pitch of its own story. So what Kabir makes clear in this poem is that if you want to be transfigured, you have to learn the art of dying deeper and deeper in every moment into the love that was here and is here before anything existed, the eternal no-thing, the love, the great, spacious, passionate, compassionate love that is manifesting everything. And here is the poem. It is one of the greatest poems ever written. Everyone goes on dying and dying, but no one dies a true death. Kabir has met with death never to die again. Everyone goes on dying, dying, without a second thought, but my death, says Kabir, is an artful death. The rest die and rot. You have to die, so die. All whirlpools come to calm. The house of love is far away. Know and feel this deeply. Nothingness dies, the soundless dies, even the infinite dies. True lovers never die. Kabir says, know this. 
The whole world fears death. Death makes my heart ecstatic. When will I die and give myself in an ecstasy that never dies? That's a poem that takes you absolutely profoundly into the heart of the mystery of transfiguration because what it's saying is learn how to die in each moment deeper into love deeper into life so life can possess more and more of you so that that love that is creating everything can drop into your mind a drop of its luminous gold so your golden mind becomes the golden servant of divine wisdom can drop a drop of divine golden love into the core of your heart so that your expanded sacred heart can become a servant of divine love. Drops a drop of divine golden love into the depths of the cells of your body so your cells can open to the ecstasy of obedience to the light, to deathlessness, to the true reality and so undergo a tremendous secret process of divinization. Mm. And when you allow this process to teach you, you come to this staggering realization, which is the realization that begins the true transfiguration process, that you are a lover beyond space and time of the timeless beloved and that the timeless beloved is loving himself, herself, through you in your love in the depths of this mysterious ecstatic relationship in which you don't know where you end and where the beloved begins. And that opens up a whole experience of never-ending, expanding bliss in the presence, which as it opens up, transforms your mind, expands your heart, deepens the presence in your body, so your body starts to flower in golden truth, in golden beauty, in golden love. This is the transfiguration process, but it's not available to anyone who doesn't know how to die and how you die is really threefold, and this is something that Kabir makes very clear. The first way you die is to be very clear about your shadow, to understand the madness which you are afflicted by when you live in your ego with its mad contaminating shadows. And that kind of death is essential because the more you understand how the shadow rules you, the more you understand how your false self is disseminating illusion, like a squid disseminates ink. It's just bleeding illusion all around you. and That brings you to shame and to the passion to transform yourself. The second way you die is really the key, and that is that you die into love. You open and open and open to the great heart of the universe through devotion, through adoration, the great mysterious nothing that is pulsing in everything and saturating everything and creating everything. And you open more and more in more and more profound ecstatic love that 
gives you deeper and deeper experience. So you love more and more. And that love, that loving of love, is itself a dying into love because when you love with your whole heart and mind and soul and body as you do love in mystical love, you become that eternal love through its grace and you die to yourself. And the third extraordinarily important part of this dying is becoming conscious of the whole of your body, becoming conscious that love lives in the depths of your body. So dying to the separate mental consciousness that keeps you from this ecstatic presence that lives in you as your essential you in the depths of your body. And that dying is a dying to all the separatist forms of reason and thinking that keep you separate from your embodied divine self that in its intimate presence is already saturated with the sacred fire of the nothing. So that attention to presence in the body is also a dying into the fullness of the oneness that you already are. Kabir says when you wake up, you don't know whether you are the drop or the ocean because the ocean comes into the drop and the drop floods into the ocean and there is no separation. And you can only experience that or begin to begin to experience that when you've died to all the ways you use your mind to keep separate from the living, pulsing, tender, sweet, ecstatic presence in the depths of the cells of your body. So in those three ways, Kabir's great sacred guidance is leading us into a wholly new form of life, a wholly new form of loving, an embodied divine life that loves with a new kind of life and love, a new kind of embodied love, a love that is fully aroused by the intellect and its clarities and its laws, fully sacred in the abandoned heart, and fully present in the great high eros of the golden body. Not a genital eros necessarily, a tender, tender eros, a compassionate eros, the eros you see alive in the Dalai Lama, the eros you see alive in Ramana Maharshi, the eros you see alive in all those who love life with the fullness of their own embodied being. So that is just a sketch, but I think everybody listening can feel how amazing that feels to know that this is possible, and it is possible. And in fact, it's the meaning of the crisis we're living through. Because the way this relates to what we're living through is, when you see it, extremely simple. There is a dark night going on, which is global on every level and in every department of the world. And it really does threaten our extinction. It's an explosion of the shadow so intense and so immense that it should permanently frighten us about the shadow side of the human enterprise. But its function, its sacred function, is to arouse in us a passion to discover our divine nature and heal that shadow through that discovery of the divine nature. And when we take a 
tremendous invitations such as Kabir's and Turn Me to Gold, not only to discover our divine nature, but to plunge into it in adoration and in love and in authentic knowledge. Then we discover that our divine nature is evolutionary, that it can transfigure us, mind, heart, soul, and body, and birth us into a completely new kind of humble, divine human being who is in his or her presence, radiating love, and in his or her actions, turning up to represent the truth of love and justice in ways that can permanently transform this chaotic situation mm. through the grace of the power of God invested in divine embodied action. Beautiful. I want to go into divine embodied action after our break, but I want to just say as um, just to pause and really relish in what you just spoke, Andrew. It was so beautiful. It it speaks to the transfiguration, but I, like I, I was sitting here thinking I want to transcribe all these words. It's beautiful soul care. It's incredible mental health treatment you know as a psychotherapist i'm like every patient i ever had in 35 years should hear this it's also good medicine for the body when we're talking about yes. literally i mean like this is so holistic in um this is the golden medicine for the engoldenment of the human race mm. and kabir is the one who experienced this goldening process and is now speaking in this book to help guide us into this engoldening process at the time when we have to be born to be useful. Yeah, I love that. I love that. So thank you for inviting us to discover our divine nature, for coming into this divine embodiment and, and looking at this in golden. I love that word. That term is so beautiful. And I'm ready to turn to gold. So before we leave for break, I just want to remind you, you're listening to Andrew Harvey. We're talking about Turn Me to Gold, 108 Poems of Kabir. When we return, so much more on this divine embodiment. We'll be right back. The Empower Meditation Channel. Non-stop meditation music 24 hours a day in the new Empower Radio app. Music to empower your meditation, help you relax, sleep, or provide a calm background while you work. The Empower Meditation Channel is interruption-free. Listen now with the Empower Radio app, free in the App Store, or listen online at empower.fm. Soothe your soul. Calm your mind. The Empower Meditation Channel. Okay, gang. So, chances are there'll never be an emergency ever, ever again. Mm -hmm. But, just in case, let's talk about a plan. Okay. So, who's going to do what? Anyone? Uh... Yeah, okay, perfect. We'll figure it out as we go. So, who is going to grab the go bag? What's a go bag? It is a bag we do not have that is filled with things we really, really need in an emergency. Guess we won't have to worry about it then. Ah, good point. So, uh, we all know who to call if something happens then, right? I'd have to call Jill, Devin, Melissa, Karen, and Bruce. And I will try to call all of you, but Greg doesn't have a cell phone. Dad's phone will have a dead battery. No doubt. And Julie will be on the phone with Jill, Devin, and Melissa Karen and 
Bruce. Well, this is great. <laughs> I am so glad that we don't have a plan. I know. Winging it is not an emergency plan. Make sure your kids know what to do during an emergency. Who to call, where to meet, what to pack. Visit ready.gov kids for tips and information. A public service announcement brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. When I have an asthma attack, I feel scared. It's like tiny nails in the air poke my lungs. I start to cough. Sometimes I, my parents have to take me to the hospital. Today, one out of 13 children suffer from some form of asthma, accounting for nearly one-third of all emergency room visits. I feel like I'm choking. It's kind of like an elephant is on my chest. A little whistle sound comes out when I breathe. But while your child may suffer from asthma, asthma doesn't have to make your child suffer. There are simple ways you can prevent your child's next attack. To learn more, log on to www.noattacks.org or call your doctor. Because even one attack is one too many. I feel like a fish with no water. Brought to you by the EPA, the Ad Council, and this station. Dave, what are you doing? Just sending a gift to Dave2037. Who? Me in the future. I save a little money from every paycheck for Dave2037 so he can buy anti-gravity boots or a hologram Doberman. What are you getting Steve2037? Steve2037 will be just fine. Well, okay, but don't expect to borrow my anti-gravity boots. Save something for the future. Put away a few bucks. Feel like a million bucks. For free ways to save, go to feedthepig.org. That's feedthepig.org. This message brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants and the Ad Council. Adding light to the world, one heart at a time. This is Empower Radio. Now, back to the Dr. Julie Show. All things connected on Empower Radio. Welcome back. Hey, if you're inspired by our conversation today, I invite you to share it with others and even listen to it again. You can do that by visiting my website at thedrjulieshow.com where you'll find all the archive links as well as a listing of upcoming guests. Again, that's thedrjulieshow.com. Also, stay connected all week on our Facebook page, All Things Connected with Dr. Julie, where we continue the conversation. You can find more on our guest, Andrew Harvey, at andrewharvey.net. You'll see all the books, all of his projects, his travels, what's going on. So check him out at andrewharvey.net. And Andrew... Before we dig back into the conversation, I just want to acknowledge you that listening to you read Kabir is such a delight and so different than even reading Kabir. I I appreciate reading Kabir, but when I hear you read Kabir, it just comes to life. So thank you. Thank you. Let me read you something. Please. You can't grow love in gardens or sell it in markets. Whether you're a king or a peasant, if you want it, give your head and take it. Kabir says clouds of love pour down on me, soak my heart, greening my inner jungle. A flame ecstatic with his name, love drunk, flowing over, feasting on his vision. Why bother about liberation? You can't tell this story of love. Not a word of it has ever been told. A dumb man eats a sweet and smiles with joy. 
Hmm. You have read three out of the five that I earmarked for today. (laughs) (laughs) Which other one would you like me to read? Any one that you would like. I'd love to read one of yours. Okay, let me pick another one then. Let me see. i got to open my book. And, um, oh, of course, this will be a good one to set us forward and in really digging back in again. 126. 126. 126. Wake up, you idiot. (laughs) Shake up your long sleep. Focus within. Discover the rare, wish-fulfilling jewel. You've slept on and on, lost countless days to sloth. Get up right now so the plundering thieves leave empty-handed from your house. This is the sign, friend, that you're awake. Vedas, Puranas, Quran appear to you like poison. Kabir says, I'll never sleep again. I've found God's priceless jewel within my own body. It's such a radical poem. He's saying to everybody, including the religious establishments and all those mystical systems that are grounded in sacred texts, he's saying, wake up, shake off your long sleep, get to the direct connection beyond dogma, beyond religion, discover the rare wishful feeling jewel, the diamond consciousness within you by focusing within you. And do so right now because you have slept for so long and lost so many days to laziness and to ignorance. And he goes so far because he says, look, when you're awake, everything written, even the most sacred things, even Kabir himself, Vedas, Puranas, Quran, they'll all appear to you like poison. They'll all be just words because you'll be living this ecstatic experience in the depths of your real self. You'll know your real self and that real self will be alive with joy in your mind, heart, soul, and body as you enter the unified field. And then he ends by what happens when you're in that field, that you know you are one with that field and that you'll never sleep again because being awake is such a profoundly holy, beautiful, ecstatic, empowering, impassioning, energizing experience. And he says, I found God's priceless jewel within my own body. It's in the depths of you that the whole universe is living as divine consciousness that saturates every single part of you and makes you one with it in every single part of you. Mm. And that is transfiguration. That's the experience beyond religion, beyond the mystical systems, beyond the great Upanishads and Vedas and Qurans and Bibles. That's the experience, the naked, direct experience of being woken up to your human divine identity in the core of your ordinary, extraordinary life. And that's the experience that Kabir knows is the one that's being held out to everyone on the earth of this moment. Because we've come to the crisis in which we either 
allow ourselves to be penetrated and energized and empowered and engoldened by this experience beyond name and form, beyond religion, so that we can be evolved into a species mutated into divine humanity so we can consciously co-create with the divine golden dancer a new golden world, a world born from our profound revolution of perception, but born also from the actions that that profound revolution of perception births naturally and joyfully in us. Beautiful. Beautiful description of that poem. I'm I'm really glad I asked you to read that because as as I'm just sitting here listening to you, Andrew, and the words that just flow from that of really describing transfiguration again, then that is our planetary prescription. Right before the break, we talked about how this is a, a mental health prescription and a physical health prescription and a spiritual health prescription. And as we wake awaken and never sleep again and and more and more of us are 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 really following Kabir's lead here to say never sleep again as we never come sleep into that again place. realize that there yeah. is this divine birth going on all around you and partly through this chaos that we're living through yeah. realize it in the core of your life and then start acting with compassion and passion for justice out of the depths of this divinizing process that's going on in you, which gives you access to so much more peace, so much more courage, so much more living joy, so much more creativity than you ever imagined. Yeah, you know, I'm just, as I'm hearing you, um, and you said in our everyday lives here, in our everyday bodies, you know, you and I have talked about the New Age movement before and many times, and when I'm listening to you speak in the Kabir wisdom, there are so many out there that imagine this transfiguration as something literal that... I'm waiting around because this major change is going to happen either in my body or, you know, in the world or whatever that means. I'm going to lose my body. I'm going to become a light body. There's so many, there's so many different ways people think about transfiguration and the evolution of consciousness and what's happening on our planet. Well, there are two real ways. One is the lazy way, which you're describing. A lazy way saturated with magical thinking that really imagines that we can hang around indulging in the same old separatist fantasies in the same old addictions and get transfigured. That's about as likely as Madonna singing grand opera. (laughs) And then there's the way that the real evolutionary mystics show us, which is a way of active participation on our side. We turn up in the sacred relationship with the one. We fall into the pit of love that the one is. We burn in adoration for the one. We practice the art of artful dying into deeper and deeper life and deeper and deeper love through the intensity of our passion for God. We become a flame with the fire of the love that lives in us through the grace of the one, and that becoming a flame is what transfigures us. But that costs everything. That costs, as he says, giving up your head, 
it costs every kind of plan or agenda or reason that you dally with, it really demands that you allow yourself to fall overwhelmingly in love with the truth beyond name and form and surrender completely in that love to the mystery of love itself. So if you look around at the New Age and at all of these bastardized visions of transfiguration, what you'll notice is that they don't actually cost anything. The things that are going to be done for us, like entitled babies, narcissistic babies waiting around at some dreary party waiting for everything to get exciting for us, that's not going to happen. This is an evolutionary process which demands our conscious participation on every level at a level of enormous passion and enormous rigor and enormous commitment to justice. Yeah, so that enormous commitment to justice. When I'm listening to you here, we're, we're talking about this complete transformation that's happening. So I have a really tough question for you, and um, I'm not even sure how to ask this because we're – we're really, once we are in this place of transfiguration, we, we naturally work to serve the greater whole. We're, we're, we work to serve justice and compassion in the world. We, we work that. But what is the goal of this planetary transfiguration, in your opinion? What is the goal? Well, I have to Tough. say that if I could articulate the goal, I'd be God. And I'm not <laughs> I know, God. that's why I asked you. You're, it's an, you're that in close. In some ways, it's an insane question, but it is an yeah. important question. Yeah. So let's call it an insane question and an important question. And let's try and work out together. I feel that the goal is the birth of a new kind of human being. And that what is happening is the end of an old kind of human being, which if we cling to that form of ourselves could very well ensure our extinction. But if we align ourselves with the message of the great evolutionary mystics, especially someone like Kabir who has lived this process and someone like Rumi, then what we can discover is that the dying of the old human being is actually the birth canal for the birth of something absolutely new. New wine in new bottles, something that has never yeah. been here before. And this is the goal to birth that something so that there will be on the earth realized individual divine human beings capable of working together creatively in the field of the one to bring about revolutions in all disciplines and the birth of sacred science, the birth of sacred art, the birth of sacred politics, the birth of sacred economics, the birth of a new sacred relationship with animals and the whole creation. Something so amazing something that really does birth what Jesus called the kingdom consciousness, the kingdom consciousness that he knew lay around us naturally as the true sacred reality of everything. This is the goal, to have a humanity on the earth capable 
of working consciously with this immensely glorious and empowering and expansive and creative field in humility and surrender and deep inner knowledge. What an amazing goal. Yeah. I want to but add it to isn't it something that, beautiful. you know, I invented or it's something, this goal that all of the great evolutionary mystics have glimpsed, have realized. They've known that it's possible. It was known by Jesus. It was known by the prophet. It was known by Rumi. It was known by so many of the great shamanic traditions. Yeah. It's been known in different periods, and people have tried to birth it in different periods. Now we've come to the moment where a lot of people on the earth are aware of this process and are trying to, with all their faults, let it be born in them, so as to inspire others to rise to the chaos of our time, not by fury or paralysis, but by a commitment at the deepest level to a new way of being and doing everything as a radiant gamble of mm. one's whole life for God. Mm. I love when you said working together creatively in the field of the one. So I just want to add to that because as, I, as I'm listening to you, I'm hearing this, that <clears throat> as we literally are born a divine humanity as as one as a collective as we're we're birthing this divine humanity this nature we then create a world that's born of that consciousness of divine consciousness right that the well, world we created, that we live actually, in there's no other world to possibly create because if you're in that unified field working with it what else would you want to create except something that reflected its beauty its possibilities yeah. tenderness its incredible radiance of truth yeah and as everything is breaking down and dismantling on the planet right now that was created in the consciousness of separation, um, it, it's not sustainable. It's a, we can't thrive. It's not, it's not it's even real. Over. It doesn't reflect it's who already we are. Finished. So it doesn't it's work. Finished. Yeah. It's, uh, it's just going through its appalling violent death throes in front of us. Yeah. We don't know whether those death throes are going to take everything with them. It could. But the other possibility is the one that I'm going for and that I know you're going for and that so many of us are going for, and that is that this is a birthing process. This dying is a birthing. This corresponds to everything I know of the deepest mystical path. This corresponds to the message of the great mystical evolutionary pioneers. This is what's happening. And if we can really grasp this as far as we can and really plunge in, who knows what can still be done through us, even to transform what seems like an impossible situation. Yeah. We so just don't know what a group of transfiguring human beings can accomplish together in the field. We just don't know. It's a mystery, but it's, it seems that what quantum physics is opening up the whole race too, and what we are discovering in the mystical field, if they come together with advanced technology where people can be reached like we're reaching them right now, then we can bring people into a level of joy and creativity which can really mobilize hope in action on a level that we can't yet imagine. Yeah. That's what the goal is. 
The goal is to birth the divine humanity, and the goal will be realized because it's the divine doing it. It'll either be realized in some people while the rest go through nightmare and perhaps take the world through it. I hope that's not the scenario. Or it could be realized in enough people to be able to transform the body politic, the mass consciousness, to be able to rise to this extreme crisis with communal grace coming together in the unified field to really start addressing, for example, climate change with the kind of urgency that the young are now standing up and saying, here is the voice of the field amongst us. It's the voice of Greta Thunberg, the voice of the young people. We can hear that voice. It's being voiced by the true, innocent beloveds of the beloved. Yeah. So the voice of Kabir... Um, really holds this voice of the divine as the whole and really teaches us about who we are as whole beings within a an undivided greater whole, this field that we're talking about. And yes, I'm wondering if you could just speak to our wholeness. Too. Yeah, yes. go ahead. I know, sorry, darling, you got me excited. It, it, <laughs> what's so exciting about Kabir to me, too, is that Kabir doesn't just see this as this unified force field as one embracing all human beings. He sees this as a field in which all beings, all sentient beings, are sacred, absolutely yeah. sacred. Animals are adored in Kabir and by Kabir. He knows how sacred and holy animals are. He knows that our treatment of animals is an abomination. And he knows that killing cannot go on because in killing animals, we're killing the animal in ourselves, the divine animal within, and we're killing the animals outside, and we're killing the sacred body of the divine beloved. This is huge. Yeah. And that's the invitation of this transfiguration process. It's not done just for ourselves. It's done on behalf of the whole creation, which is why, to answer the question that you asked at the beginning of our time together, which is why our transfiguration process will have a tremendous secret, strange and mysterious influence on the matter of the creation itself. It will be part of a whole engoldening of matter. This is what Teilhard saw, Teilhard de Shada saw the whole universe being taken to greater and greater levels of fusion with the light from which it's created. So our transfiguration and the transfiguration of our creation and of the matter around us is all part of a vast mystery, a vast alchemical mystery. This is why so much is at stake in the world at the moment, because this was the dimension the divine chose to work out this absolutely staggering alchemy of transfiguration, and we've turned it through our choices into a dimension of death but the divine has the last words and can turn our disastrous choices into massively painful but massively beautiful opportunities for us to wake up to the true plan. Mm. So the same divine consciousness in me and in you is in the tree outside my window that I'm looking at and and the animals in the wild and the earth herself, and here we are. Yes, and in the wood on your floor and in the everything is saturated. Yeah, There is nothing that isn't alive in it. There is no death. Yeah. Everything is 
soaked in it. Mm. There is no heaven or elsewhere. It's all here right now. And when we become here with it in heart, mind, soul, and body, then we start creating from that revelation wholly new forms of beauty on every level, politically, economically, socially, every level, because we have been initiated. We have been shown that we're divine in a divine world with divine powers given to us by divine grace to do divine work from a divine heart. Hmm. So, Andrew, this is such a joy to be with you always. I appreciate you so much. And I have about two more minutes, dear friend. I'm wondering if you would read page 168. Page and 168. Then, yeah, and I think that will help you draw this conversation to a close. One sec, 168. I will trust you as always. <laughs> when the day came, the day I had lived and died for, the day that is not in any calendar, clouds heavy with love, showered me with wild abundance. Inside me, my soul was drenched. Around me, even the desert grew green. That's it. He's saying something so immense. He's describing the engoldening process of being showered with wild abundance, clouds heavy with love pouring down. He's describing the drenching of his own soul by this golden rain. But then, in that last line, he's describing the way in which the transfiguration process transfigures. Around me, even the desert grew green. The desert grows green when someone is greened in this astounding way. There is no gap between inner and outer, the inner transfiguration starts to have massive secret radioactive impacts on the outer world in events and manifestations of miracle in all kinds of new possibilities being born by the sheer fact of the transfiguration process happening. It's a fountain of subtle miracles. This is true, too, of the new level of quantum perception being opened up by the quantum physicists. They're showing us that if we can align the depths of our perception with the highest purposes of the field through the field's own guidance, then we can participate in the manifestation of those miraculous possibilities through grace. This is astounding. Mm. And this is the kind of creativity being opened up to the human race now at the time of its greatest need. How amazing. How amazing. How amazing. Andrew Harvey, you are amazing as always. I just love you, dear friend. Thanks for having this conversation with me today. And thank you for all the beautiful holy work you do. Mm. Thank you. It's a pleasure to bring Kabir and you through to our listeners today. And I just want to remind you, you can find so much more with Andrew's work at andrewharvey.net. You've been listening to The Dr. Julie Show, all things connected. Remember, together, we are creating connections for the good of the whole. 
Until next time, I'm sending you a world of love. Bye for now.